Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The innocent in this country have too often found themselves convicted of serious crime. Innocent of serious crime. Murder. And they go to prison for long periods of time for a crime they did not commit. Last week it was Glenn Assoon. This week it is uh, Dennis Oland. And um, I'm joined now by David Milgard. Mr. Milgard was the the subject of headlines across this country for years as we became aware, after his mom, Joyce, who I spent a lot of time on the air with over the years, uh, approached Brian Mulroney uh, in public and spoke about her son and his unfair, his illegal incarceration for murder. He did not commit the murder of which he was convicted, did 23 years in prison David Milgard joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. David, every time I think of that, it makes me shudder. It's awful. I can't imagine what it was like for you. I cannot begin to imagine it. Now it's Dennis Oland, and last week it was Glenn Assoon. I'm glad that I have a chance to talk to you. Yeah, Glenn's situation, uh, in a lot of ways, there are parallels between his situation and mine. In my situation, uh, there was a serial rapist that was responsible for the crime. And that information was available for people to see and should have been disclosed by the prosecution. And had it been even disclosed uh, prior to my appeals in the Saskatchewan Appeal Court, I would have been released. Uh, in the situation with Glenn, you know, this information was deleted. Uh, the federal documents that show the RCMP deleted the evidence of other suspects, not just the, uh, I guess it would be a serial murder that had killed uh, six, I believe six, or maybe possibly seven people uh, identified as one of the possible suspects. Uh, thank goodness uh, he's, he's now in custody. Uh, my, my biggest concern here for, for the people that are listening to this show is to kind of think in the broad picture of all the different times there have been people wrongfully convicted, you know, and all the times that they spend inside uh, prison waiting to get out, uh, working through a system that fails them miserably. The ministerial review board doesn't work, doesn't help them. You know, what is really taking place? Well, the one thing that's taking place that's the biggest concern of all is the fact that the people that are responsible for committing these crimes are out there committing crimes. And I think that has to be the, the biggest concern that we, we realize it's, it's, it's something that, you know, we have to try to do something about. You were 16 years of age, and in Saskatchewan, traveling through Western Canada when a nurse's assistant was murdered, and, uh, and Larry Fisher, a serial rapist, was, was there for the taking. The police could and should have found that he's the one who committed the crime, but you were easy. Yeah, he was, he was working in that area, for, you know, at the time, of the of the murder of of Gail Miller and you know he uh, continued to be a person that uh, did terrible things to uh, to women and uh, you know eventually you know uh, when the DNA identified me as the person that could not be responsible for the crime the really good thing about it is that it identified Larry Fisher as the person that was responsible 
I don't know many cases of DNA uh, of, uh, where people are being proven that they're factually innocent like that. And I don't like that term. That's not a good term. I mean, uh, it'll be used in a, in a bad way to... There are a lot of people that are wrongfully convicted that, you know, it's, it's procedural. It's different things that, you know, make their conviction, you know, null and void. This, this idea that a person has to be factually innocent to be, have his situation corrected isn't appropriate either. But, yeah, he, uh, he was identified as the person responsible. You know, David, as well, when, when, when an innocent person is wrongfully convicted and sent to prison, as you were, as, uh, as Glanisun was, it is disrespectful to the victim as well, to the memory of the victim. But I want to, I want to ask you this. The appeals process itself, you and I talked about this a little bit on the phone yesterday. What has to change about the appeals process? You spent 23 years behind bars waiting to be released for a crime you didn't commit. Glenisoon, uh, 17 years. We also have, have, have Mr. Oland. What has to change about the appeals process? Well, the, the important thing is to realize that any person that has been, the best way to say it is uh, unlucky. That's not the right way. A- any person that has had to live through the horrendous uh, living of, of being inside prison where it's horrible for a crime that they have not committed, you know, is, is caught up in a system that is uh, not available to assist them to get out of that situation effectively. Uh, one of the reasons is that the criteria that any person wanting to have their case reviewed by the ministerial review board that's presently available is they must exhaust all their appeal processes, including the Supreme Court of Canada. This is dysfunctional. It does not work. If you have information proving your wrongful conviction, why take years and years to exhaust all the appeal processes? It is ridiculous if you think about it. It is not justice. It is just wrong. An independent board of review can review immediately and effectively administrate justice. When I say an independent board of review, this is a board of people that are, are not in any way involved with the justice system. That's people like you and me, where we know where people have people come forward when they have information and evidence suggesting that they're not guilty and it's reviewed and uh, you know, they can do something about it. You know, to take this step even one further, you know, and it's very important to realize this I was talking to um, a former minister of justice, uh, Erwin Kotler. Uh, he was the justice critic and a member of parliament for, for Quebec for a while after he got out of being a minister of justice. He told me, he said, David, you know, I, I was minister of justice and I found out the information, uh, the insect evidence in relation to Stephen Truscott that showed me that the man was not guilty. And, you know, I felt so terrible because I had no power, no way I could just say, that's it, I know the truth, you can go home. So, you know, not only does a person have to go through years and years of appeals, but once even they've established that that person is not guilty, they cannot do anything about it but send it back again to the province, to the courts, or to the Supreme Court of Canada, and expect them to take more and more years uh, to, to get them uh, finally released from prison. This process must end now. Canadians cannot allow this to continue. We must do what needs to be done or continue on in shame doing what is wrong. That's, that's truth. And understanding the terrifying reality that it could be anybody next. 
Yeah, that's the truth. You know, that's one of the things I say when I'm talking. I, I do a fair amount of talking at uh, universities and other different uh, functions and stuff. And I uh, often stop and I just say, you know, I want you to think about what it would feel like to be like me, 16 years old, and to be caught up, uh, you know, wrongfully convicted uh, for a murder you had nothing to do with. Think, just think about it. I would stop in my talk. Then I'd say, it's about time for me to wake you all up. This could happen to you, or I hate to say it, your children. And until we do, do something about uh, some of the different reasons why wrongful convictions take place, and more importantly, I have a system that's available there to get them out as quickly and efficiently as possible, you know, we are stuck with the situation that we have at present. David, thank you so much for the time. Oh, I appreciate it. I just felt the need to say something, and I said I would do this, and I'm glad that I've had a chance to do so. Well, I'm Thank glad you to... very much for your care and concern for the people that are locked up that have done nothing wrong and need to get out of our prisons. Thank you, David, for what you're doing. It's really, really significantly important because, again, it protects society, and the justice system has to be just, and <laughs> we have the evidence that it isn't. That's Th the truth. Thank, thank you, David. All the best to you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. David Milgard, 23 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. And what is really remarkable about Mr. Milgard, um, among every, he's so eloquent, and he makes his case so extremely strongly, is after 15 years in prison, a justice official said to him, if you will admit guilt, we'll parole you. And he said no. He wouldn't do it. He didn't commit the crime, and he wasn't going to plead guilty to it, so he spent another eight years, an additional eight years, in prison, 23 years. Now, in most lifetimes, that's more than a quarter of your life. I have some more questions, by the way, for Ronald Dalton, who has uh, spent almost nine years in prison for convicted of murdering his wife. He was innocent. He joined us last weekend. He's the co-president of Innocence Canada. They do such tremendous work to assist those who are wrongfully convicted. And I have a few more questions for Mr. Dalton about this issue. He'll join us tomorrow.